Well, today we have a very special guest, Amy Morenko, with Global Impact, and she spends most of her time in the Philippines, but also has an orphanage in the Ukraine that she's worked with for over 20 years. And uh, welcome, Amy. It's great to have you with us. Thank you so much for having me on uh, this on the show and on your program. Thank you so much. And our hearts all are breaking for the innocent people and the precious children and the orphanage uh, there in Ukraine. And so give us an update of maybe first, Amy, share a little bit about Global Impact and how you got into ministry and, and what are the different activities that you're involved in. Sure. Okay. Well, thank you for the opportunity to share. Um, just to rewind quite a bit, I, I grew up in the Midwest of America. Uh, I, I kind of like to say like, just, you know, like kind of a normal Midwestern life. And, but God started turning, you know, his call in my heart from, from a very young age. So I didn't understand, you know, what it would mean or sort of the, the full expression of it. Um, so I followed the path of graduating from high school and then going to university. And I, I have an engineering degree from the University of Illinois. And when I was going into my senior year, I learned about a Bible school that was being started into, in, uh, in, in uh, California. And God started turning my heart specific about ministry and training for ministry. So here I just spent four years, you know, studying for an engineering degree. And then God basically, the short version is called me to go to Bible school. And so I did that. I graduated. I moved out to California and did two years of study in Bible school. That's when my mission life started. Actually, right before I went to Bible school, I went on my very first missions trip to Czechoslovakia at the time. That was It was still Czechoslovakia. When I went overseas, it's like something more came alive on the inside of me. And again, God was just opening up kind of slowly, but surely my, the call of God on his, on my life and through Bible school was, you know, like just passionate for, for him and for changing nations and just bringing God's love really to the world. And especially to, you know, to countries, uh, uh, third world countries and developing countries, uh, in particular. And, Although I've gone to all different all different ones since that time, but between my Bible school years, I I actually traveled to the jungles of Burma and helped to build a, a Bible school there, like right literally in the middle of the of the jungle, smuggled Bibles into China. Uh, then also spent time in England and, and Scotland doing a, uh, an internship, and then later on in 1997, actually I started Global Impact. Uh, and interesting enough, that was in the country of Ukraine, where myself and my my partner at the time, we traveled together, two of us, two ladies in our early 20s, or maybe we were, they actually, maybe we were more like late 20s by that time. And we went to just preach the gospel, you know, through Ukraine, Russia, India, Burma, and Thailand for two years, just, you know, just travel, preach, and minister. And that's how Global Impact started. Um, there's a lot to the story, but let me fast forward to where we are now. Um, you know, over the years, we have ministered in over over 20 different countries. The, the organization has impacted, you know, many different countries. So therefore, I think it's the fulfillment of the vision of having a literally a global impact. Uh, but currently, we focus on two main countries. It's the Philippines and the Ukraine. Uh, I reside in the Philippines uh, full time, but normally pre-COVID times, I would be traveling in and out and, you know, either preaching and often I'd go to New Zealand or Australia, you know, preaching, doing conferences there or traveling to Ukraine and ministering to our network of, of churches there as well as our orphanage. Um, and in the Philippines, we have full-time operation and mission-based 
primarily working through all of Southern Philippines. We do anti-human trafficking work. I'll put a little, a little plug in there. I'm kind of proud that, you know, thank you, Jesus, on this. But we just won a national award uh, from the, the government agencies for our work in anti-human trafficking. So we were just recognized from the very, you know. Awesome. Congratulations. Uh, for the prevention and awareness work that we do there. We do leadership training, disaster relief, many things. And uh, of course, I know, uh, of course, the, the world's eyes are on the Ukraine right now. And my world has been, even though I'm not physically there, I feel like mentally and spiritually, I've just been in the Ukraine since this war started. Uh, because we have an orphanage there called Living Pearl. We, we named it Living Pearl because these children are just precious treasures that have come from you know, from conflict, from challenge, from all kinds of things, just like a pearl is made, you know, in the natural. Uh, that's how we look at these children as, and that they are absolute treasures coming from very rough and hard backgrounds of neg neglect, abuse, abandonment, uh, you know, parents dying or orphaned in, in the sense of, you know, just not being taken care of at all. And earlier this year, we had about 50, 55 children in the home. And in December, we, we, we celebrated our 10 year anniversary. So a decade of, of helping children. And over the years, we've had many that have been adopted into Ukrainian families and, you know, lots of, lots of different things, but so just very, you know, kind of amazing and so excited that we've made it through 10 years of impacting lives. And now this war breaks out and it's just been, it's been devastating. And for me personally, I, I can, I, obviously can't relate like the people that live there. There's no way that the people are going through this. But for me, since I've traveled to the country for over 25 years, I've traveled to many of these cities like Chernigov and Kiev, and uh, in particular, those two that are under under siege. And I just, it's just, it's just horrendous. You know, it's also now some of the stories that are coming out where the Russians were occupying and, and have now retreated, but what they're finding in these places and and of course, so concerned for for our children uh, in the orphanage. So, well, that's a it's heartbreaking to see the news and the reports, and from other friends who worked there or lived there. Um, yeah. We keep in touch and and pray for them, and we, our intercessors are are praying, interceding, mm -hmm. and we've worked to raise some funds that we've distributed to people that work there, and and we we. Uh, asked our viewers to pray about supporting Amy and Global Impact and their work in Ukraine to care for these children, to help provide transportation uh, in the event of a, another emergency move. So, so tell us, Amy, about um, you, you moved them a few weeks ago and then, and then you felt it was best to move them back, but you have yeah. some more vehicles in case of a, a emergency need. Is that right? Yeah, well, it's, you know, George, it's been really, honestly, it's been, it's been tough and some of the hardest leadership decisions in my life. Um, and because, you know, if the kind of the situation is that the orphanage is located in central, in central Ukraine. And if you look at a map, most the, the Russian forces are all around the, that Eastern coast. And so surround, like surrounding it. So there's been, there has, there was a shelling just recently in, in the city, right where they're next to, but you know, like, I mean, just to share with you some of the hardship and really what probably so many Ukrainian families are going through, like, obviously, if you're in a city that's being occupied or shelled or under siege, evacuation becomes more of a, like, just a necessity or like, they're going to do it. Although I will say there's some Ukrainians that are saying they're refusing to evacuate their city, no matter what they, you know, they're such, they have such strong spirit. And I really, 
uh, appreciate that about the Ukrainian people. But in our scenario, because the Russian forces are surrounding but not near, you know, it's like this back and forth of do we evacuate them or do we not? And of course, a lot of expert advice, people that I'm also, you know, we're, we're, we're discussing who have actually military backgrounds and, you know, like can look at it strategically. Uh, of course, the advice is you, you, you evacuate while it's safe in this case, when, in particular when you're talking about children. You know, we're not talking about adults who want to like hold out for their city. We're talking about innocent children here. And, but it was honestly, it was very, very, very tough and back and forth because I also, I co-founded this with my partner there, Pastor Sasha, who we've known each other for 25 years. And, and uh, actually it was, it was years ago when I first traveled to the Ukraine, I, I really had no like necessarily desire or idea to start orphanages. It just wasn't something that was in my mind or heart. I was more about like, you know, just let's go preach the gospel, advance the kingdom of God, build churches, you know, uh, do Bible schools. Like, you know, that was more what I had felt called to. And, but in the midst of that, God just dropped in my heart. This is years ago, the, the instruction start homes, start orphanages. And I just knew it was him because it wasn't something that had already been, you know, sitting in my mind or heart. And so I know it's a specific instruction from heaven. And so it was, it was several, you know, it was several years later, now a little over 10 years ago that Pastor Sasha and I together founded the home. And so he runs it on the ground, uh, you know, with, with the team that's there, the church. And of course, I'm, uh, I'm there and mainly raising the funds and involved at like, you know, high level decisions about it and how do we grow it and expand it and take in more kids. And, but this, the war situation has, has brought it to like, you know, us, him and I having to really pray, discuss what's the right thing to do, getting expert advice. And, and I just share all that because, you know, in, in the middle of a wartime, there's, there's a lot of hard decisions that have to be made. And, and some, some things are so, are not easy, you know, and you, you also, when you don't know exactly what to do, it's about, it's about prayer and making the, the best decision you can with the information that you have. And I think that's important, even just in life in general, you know, like there's some, sometimes it's just not clear what decision to make. I just, maybe I'm, I feel like I'm actually just maybe ministering to someone right now that needs to hear this, that, you know, that there's sometimes there's multiple decisions. They're not wrong or right necessarily. And you just have to choose one and go with what's in your heart and make the decision based on the information that you know at that point. And that's really what we had to do. So uh, we, we finally chose together to, you know, made the decision that we need to evacuate them to a Western part of Ukraine where it's quote unquote safer. I say quote unquote, because really Western Ukraine started to be bombed in different cities as well. And, um, and then getting the bus to evacuate them. There's a whole story behind that. There was times, George, that I was up, I was in the Philippines, I'm dealing with the Ukraine and also, um, communicating with our, our consultants in uh, an organization that's helping us evacuate them that are in the state. So we're sort of like on all different time zones. And there was some real intense moments, very intense moments in, in all of this and times that I would sleep, sleep for one hour because I just was so exhausted, set my alarm so that I would wake up, answer all the messages, sleep another hour, <laughs> answer all the messages. Because in the, these few days, it's just crucial, you know, crucial on time. It had to be like, you know, moment by moment decisions on what was happening. And as we know, in wartime, things are, it's just always changing on the ground. And, um, and so we did, we evacuated them. God, God provided a place in the midst of our desperate. We were desperate because we had arranged a place for them to go. And, and, you know, for those that are listening and, 
kind of to give the context, so many people are evacuating to Western Ukraine and then over borders. So accommodations are full if it's an apartment or a house or just anything. If you can imagine like, you know, millions of people are moving. And so we're trying to move 60 people, children and adults, where are you gonna put them? Uh, and at this stage, we didn't wanna take them across the border because, the, because of the way their documents are, it's actually very difficult to get them across the border. So that really wasn't an option though we were looking into it and trying to see if we could you know, work that. See, like all these, just all these components, components, components of everything and everything's always moving on a daily basis. And also you start to work with people that you maybe you've never met, <laughs> but it's through a contact to a contact and they're trying to help you and you have to trust people that you, you really don't know, but it's, the, it's your only option, you know? And, um, and the, so we had had a place that was promised to us, but suffice it to say, we're on the, we're on the bus. We're finally evacuating the children and on the way, the place that we're, we're going, it, it, it falls through. It doesn't, it, we can't do it. We can't take wow. the children. So now we have a busload of children and adults and no place to take them. It was mm. a really desperate scenario and just prayer and trying to work everything out. And wow, in the midst of it, in the midst of our desperation, that next day, we found a refugee place that they could spend one night in. And by the next day, we're just we are working, working to contact everybody, find anything in any place in Western Ukraine, we could take them. This is full. It's full. It's full. No, we can't take them. Or if you if you can come, you can only come for a few days. You know, we, we need a place for a few weeks at this point because we can't take them over a border. And so God just just to kind of build up the story because it's the truth. And it, there's even more desperation than what I'm even expressing it now. It was truly a desperate scenario because are we're getting to the point of we're just gonna have to take them back we've done all this work to evacuate them where are we going to put them they can't sleep on a bus for weeks you know and it's not even our bus by the way we the bus is only taking them to their location and dropping them off so we we don't even have the bus for more than a day or two and uh god gave us in the midst of this this amazing location that was just ready and waiting for our kids. And it was an absolute blessing. It's where they've been uh, up until up until a few days ago, because uh, we kept getting extensions that that they could stay there in 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 this place, which we were so grateful for. And in the midst of this, in the last week or so, I had put a post out to our, our different partners and just said that we were believing God for another vehicle so that we could self-evacuate. We didn't want to be reliant on trying to find a bus and because you know you can just imagine how it, it would be difficult, even under normal circumstances to do these things, but now it's wartime and these things are just not readily available. And so we, uh, God again, miraculously provided through, through partners of ours, I'm always so grateful. We were able to purchase a 23 seater van and we already have an 18 seater van from you know several years ago that we, we had. And then we also, another partner, uh, gave money for a car. So between the three vehicles, if we stuff everyone in, put little kids on, you know, adults laps, and we can, we can basically, we're mobile and we can transfer everyone. And so in the midst of, there's a lot of different factors, uh, a lot of different things, but we, we have, we chose in the last two days to take them back to their, to their original location in central Ukraine. I, I to be very frank, I don't love it because it's still closer to the war than where we were, but in the midst of all decision-making, in the midst of all the different factors that we have, we feel like this is the best um, at this time. And at least if, if it becomes unsafe, again, like, you know, I mean, if the Russian forces come closer, 
our vehicles are ready and we can evacuate again. Again, you know, well, there's, there's some risk to it, but but that's where we're at. And at praise the God time, of how he lines things up and watches over. And yeah. he's just so amazing. And um, yeah. wow, yeah. Um, that's a, an amazing story. I can't imagine dealing with all those components and moving parts, yeah. but it's amazing to see how how the body of Christ is coming together, especially in times totally. of, of war, uh, mm -hmm. whether we saw it in uh, Iraq and Syria years ago, or um, we helped last summer um, evacuate people from Afghanistan. And really just through trusted friends and contacts, we need to cherish those friendships and relationships that we can rely on. And you know, about 10 years ago, the Lord showed me a, a vision uh, that there was no place on earth that we couldn't go if we uh, followed the Holy Spirit and went in his timing through network of friends that are many of them already live in those places and how in the days ahead it's going to be so vitally important to rely on this uh, underground railway so to speak of people that we can call ask advice we can get help or or who do you know and uh, yes. it's interesting you mentioned uh, Burma we have some very dear friends there um, mm -hmm. that are dealing with the coup in the last year and, mm -hmm. and they're getting ready to go on a, on a mission trip soon to another part of Burma to evangelize and win souls and how, you know, at times we have to, to lay low, stay below the radar so that we still yeah. have freedom to travel and to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. And uh, so it's, it's fascinating to always hear these firsthand accounts of, of mm -hmm. how ministry goes on, that yeah. the, the Great Commission will be yeah. completed and we are in the midst of, of the greatest harvest in all of history, but it's not going to be easy. And I think your your words of uh, wisdom for those that need to hear it um, is vital that, hey, you you work with what you have and you trust the Lord and you, you have to make a decision. Sometimes inaction is the, the most uh, ineffective thing. And we want to go in the, in the timing of the Lord, by the unction of his spirit, but also to exercise faith that, hey, we don't, may not see very far, but we know that we have the victory as we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. So, so yeah. what do you see? Um, I know because it's a war, it's totally unpredictable of what will happen. Um, but do you see um, um, expansion? or starting another home there yeah. in Ukraine. Yeah, interesting that you asked that because yes, actually, I, before I forget, I did wanna say that based on what you just said, like I we reached out to you for some help uh, when we were looking for transport. And I just wanted to say thank you. You know, you were talking about how like just working connections and relationships and you were so like, uh, you so helped, like we're there to help us and support us. And I wanna say thank you for that because it's so needed in these crucial times, like you just said. So. You know, again, I just wanted to throw that in and say thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. Um, yeah, well, I do see that as expansion. It's To be honest, it's been in my heart for a while to start either expand our current location, which is one option, uh, expand it so we have facilities for more children. Uh, we do have like the land to do that. We do have another building that could be fitted out. We could probably build another building. So, you know, in some ways, it's probably better to keep things all in one location, but in another way, I've also talked with another uh, pastoral couple that have a real heart for orphanages. They already minister, they have, they have their own church, but they also minister in the state orphanages. And way before all this happened, we've been discussing and in faith, like we'd like to start another 
home that they run. Um, and so, yes, I see expansion. I don't know exactly how it will, will play out. But now with, with this war, we just know there's going to be so many more children that are either orphaned or displaced or coming from a very traumatic situation and will need home and a love. And I definitely see that we would expand um, either as the war continues or if the war subsides, then of course, as well, that expansion could uh, be there. So, yes. Right. Um, so what are the age range of your precious pearls? Yeah, uh, the youngest we have is about three right now, and then goes all the way up to teenagers, you know, 18. But a lot of times there's a bit of a, you know, maybe as they're getting older than, and they don't necessarily want to leave. Because, <laughs> uh, I mean, of course, we try to provide opportunity for them to be trained and have, you know, like a, some type of skill or go to university or, you know, whatever's in their heart. Uh, some others have like graduated and then start to be staff on the home and help take care of kids. So beautiful. So it's sort of like the age range goes way up, but our youngest is three. So are, are the um, the house parents and the staff able to get groceries and food or needed medicines? I know there's probably inflation going on. How's that work? Yeah, at the moment, it's it's okay. Uh, we also stockpiled before the war, you know, kind of foreseeing that, trying to trying to prepare ahead of time. So we did stockpile uh, food and some some resources. Uh, at the moment, they can still get things. Things are slim, you know, like maybe you can't get everything. Maybe you have to go to several stores to find what you need. Um, so it's not it's not it's not desperate at the moment in the sense that they can't get anything. But we're trying to foresee that if it got to that point, that we would be prepared. And so I'm so I really am grateful for people that are giving and donating because all of that is helping to helping us you know, be prepared. Amen. Well, we we plan on and hope. Uh, that we'll be able to raise some funds to contribute to the much needed emergency help that's going on. And, and maybe some of our partners will want to become uh, regular ongoing monthly sponsors of uh, orphans there. Thank you. Well, if that would be true, then I, we really need, we need that, to be honest. I'll just be frank. We need that if people want a good place to donate to and really know that their money is going to, you know, helping children. Um, I can guarantee that that's happening in our home. And even before this war, we really needed, we need more partners. We need more people to say on a monthly basis, hey, I'll be a part of this. Mm -hmm. And um, so if people want, yeah, love to invite people to do that, especially as we're taking in more children. I do yeah. want to mention too, we have, we are also working with contacts through the, through the country, mainly pastors that I've, pastors that I've known for years and who are bringing like emergency goods and, and relief into different cities. So our global impact operations are, are not only the orphanage, but also helping, you know, helping others. Wonderful. Uh, are so what are some of the um, key prayer points that you'd like our intercessors and partners to pray for, Amy? Uh, wisdom, for sure. Please, yeah, please, please pray for wisdom for us in, in making decisions that are not always, you know, clear what to do. So we really do need uh, that wisdom and finances. Of course, finances, protection and safety. A big one is now because because where the children are, we are closer to where the war is. But um, yeah, and in, in overall, I think everyone's praying for this already that even world leaders would be able to make wise and right decisions to stop the Russian forces that the Ukrainian army itself would would have the fortitude, the equipment, the <laughs> 
finances to fight back. Um, you know, all of that would be, you know, that's high level prayers, of course. And then, you know, specifically for us, wisdom, finances, and safety would be. Would Amen. Be well, thank you so much, Amy. This has been great. We will get this out and I'll send you a copy. Thank and you so uh, uh, we will continue to pray for global impact and what you're doing in many nations, but particularly now focused on Ukraine and caring for those beautiful children and young thank people. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you.